0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: Here tonight, it's Ian, TJ the Spy, and Aria. It's kind of a stressful moment with your upcoming trial, but I wanted to come here to support you guys. Are you feeling stressed about it? Uh, I'm not. James was not a happy camper coming back because he was a little tired. but uh, (laughs) He's been a lot more joyful now that he's been back seeing all of you guys and... You know, we're happy to be part of this and, you know, show up as Mr. Bitcoin and help spread the gospel of free money and or not free money, but liber, liberty, liberty oriented money. You well, know?
2: you were just giving away some free um, cryptocurrency to some of the uh, the gentlemen from the oh, independent yes. film crew that's here from the Ballad of the crypto six, uh, which, of course, uh, for listeners that heard us talking about it over the last few months, Ballad of the crypto six dot I believe was the the website they were doing a fundraiser and they actually made enough, thankfully, to be able to produce this documentary film about I always the just Six. use movie
3: dot is it going there still okay yes. good that's the easiest way to remember it for me
2: but I believe the name of the actual movie is going to be Ballad of the Crypto Six so it's also kind of important to to brand True. that I guess now look we're not the producers. Okay. Right. Uh, I actually I did not donate to this. I considered it, but I I said you know <laughs> I wanted to see if people actually wanted this thing. Right. Like I well, at least one person did. There was a few <laughs> of them actually. There was a few like big crypto donors that kind of came in and and made this thing possible. So thank you to to all of those folks. The crew is here from Mexico. They're an international. Uh, crew and they were actually here about a year ago so they're back they're doing more uh, more shooting but you discovered tj in your conversations with them tonight that uh, at least what one or two of them didn't have crypto wallets
1: yes so i what i did is i just said okay we're gonna bring you into the modern age and i said this is an era where math you know being a mathematician myself math is now money and the answer to a math problem is now worth a lot of money so i just said hey i'll Teach you how to install a crypto wallet. I like Coinomi because it's a multi-currency hosted wallet, mm-hmm. but with a backup system. Uh, but um, you know, other people like Edge and some like Exodus, and I'm fine with all of those too. But I just said, hey, install a Coinomi wallet, and I'll give you fifty dollars of Bitcoin Cash, your very first crypto that nobody can take from you, nobody can steal it. You lose your phone, you have your backup, but it's a it's kind of like this miracle that we've been searching for this thing. That couldn't be stolen from you, even if a person put a gun to your head. Well, can, it's not fair could. to say
3: that at all. I mean, they crypto could. can There's been countless examples of crypto being stolen from people. They put
2: but, guns to uh, Aria and I um, last year in March of 2016, and they and
3: did they, steal some crypto. They did on
1: the cashes, the physical cashes, yeah. bitcoins. Yeah, that's but true. if you have a treasure wallet, there's no way they're getting past that security.
3: Oh yeah, all they need is a 12 inch long pipe, man. That's it. What do you mean? You, know, start, you it's start called beating, rubber
1: hose crypto analysis. That's you start, where you beat the suspect yeah, up. Yeah, you start and beating you someone the with a lead
3: pipe, and they're going to give you their and money. And that's
1: what Trezor did. Trezor has a, a duress system, so you can actually put in a password where it'll give you one wallet. I guess I'm taking over the moniker Bitcoin Cash Jesus. I hope Roger Ver doesn't sue me or fight me over oh, that. Oh, I think
2: he would have really appreciated it. Was, it was Roger and the outreach that he did that encouraged me to do the same thing. I did the same thing here as, on behalf of the Shire Free Church. Uh, In Keene, over a period of maybe three or four years, we ran a bunch of advertisements on local radio and in uh, newsprint as well and actually did giveaways to the people of Cheshire County. Anyone who responded to the advertisement who had never had crypto, I, I didn't want to give it to somebody that like I don't want to give away crypto to somebody that's already had crypto. But, right. But for somebody that was totally new, and it was obviously the honesty policy in this case, because how would I know, right? Uh, but if somebody was completely new to crypto, then I'd give them fifty bucks worth of crypto as well. Uh, we did half in Dash and half in Bitcoin Cash. That way, they would have two different cryptos, and they could kind of see how the prices changed on oh, them yeah. over time. Uh, And of course... Almost all the businesses in this area that were taking cryptocurrency, and still to, true to this day, uh, take both Dash and Bitcoin Cash and, of course, the original Bitcoin as well. So they could then go out and they could go to a local business and they could maybe spend it and buy some lunch if they wanted to. Or they could hold on to it. It was sort of like up to them. You
1: know, what yeah. do you want to do? Just with. like any kind of money, and voluntary money. You also be.
3: had a monthly winner to whom would be right. receive uh, $250, I think, in Dash and Bitcoin Cash.
2: So $500 total right. worth of crypto. We gave a, a, did a monthly drawing of all the people who had put their you know, entry in, so to speak. So basically, everybody who entered the contest got $50 worth free, and then one lucky winner over a period of several months. I think I did probably at least a dozen of these drawings over That's the a long time, as I years. recall. Yeah, yeah. So quite a bit of uh, winners. I believe it was over 400 individuals
1: who were set up with their very first cryptocurrency wallet. Yeah. Oh, well, so hopefully Activist. there's going to be 12 more people with cryptocurrency wallets at the end of this trial, we hope. Well, I know Roger Ver started the movement of you know being Bitcoin Jesus, and he gave away hundreds of millions of dollars in Bitcoin. Of he what. must have. Oh
2: yes, he must have. I mean, at the time it wasn't worth that, but Roger came to Keene years ago, and I remember. Uh, I remember where it was. It was a Social Sunday event, which we've been having here for a long time. It's probably the longest running free stater event, social event in New Hampshire. Uh, social Sundays in Keene. It was at a bar that doesn't it's not even open anymore called McHugh's. And he went in there with uh, whatever, I think it was my psyllium wallet at the time. And he said, if you will install this software on your phone, I will give you 10 whole bitcoins. And at the
3: time- <laughs> Didn't he also do this at a pork fest? I was I under the impression it. that he did.
2: He probably was doing that at Porkfest. I know one year at Porkfest, he was giving away the Kazatious coins, which were physical it, Bitcoins. He was handing those things out like candy. They were worth, uh, I think, $3 a piece at that time. So that would have been after he did the 10, 10 Bitcoin here because he was giving away $10 worth of Bitcoin and it was it a was dollar per Bitcoin at that right. time, roughly. So, you know. Didn't seem like a whole lot then, and I'm sure uh, there's some people that just
1: you know people like myself it. are kicking because I was a mathematician, so I understood what Bitcoin was technically. I just never saw it becoming worth sixteen thousand, let alone sixty seven thousand, which was its
2: ultimate peak last you know. year. Uh, it has come down since that time, but sixteen thousand or I think it's at seventeen now. ah uh, sixteen or seventeen thousand is still higher than it was for the super majority of its lifetime. I think it goes I think you have to go back maybe two or three years to uh, find a lower price than
1: that. oh, yeah. so but you know, as an engineer, the other thing that irritates me is because like Bitcoin cash is technically superior in my opinion to Bitcoin. I know I'm going to start a holy war amongst the crypto community by saying something like that. But
2: I think that's been going on for a while oh, a while, yeah.
1: But another one. But why is Bitcoin Cash only a hundred dollars or hundred ten dollars, and mm-hmm. Bitcoin is sixteen thousand? Even though Bitcoin is technically worse. Yeah, it's not
3: in as terms name of name recognition. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's just got the name. It's been around for longer too,
2: right? Uh, like Bitcoin and, had almost a decade on it on Bitcoin Cash. It was Bitcoin Cash came out in August of twenty seventeen uh, when it, there was sort of a schism, if you will. From the yep. original Bitcoin it's sort of split into two competing chains uh, at that point. So Bitcoin started in 2009. So it was literally eight years later
1: before Bitcoin. Yeah, and all out. it is is a simple little fork. He changed a, like a one megabyte cap in a block mm-hmm. to a four megabyte cap. But, um, you know, I like the coins that have real world privacy use cases. So like Monero uh, is actually that's the only one that I know that's actually being used not just to buy But if you want to buy something on a website and you want to have privacy, uh, Monero is the only one that I know that uh, is actually fulfilling that goal. Zcash and Dash and all these others, I don't think they have any uh, market use case yet.
2: This is a story I've had for a couple weeks now. waiting for a night with you here, Aria, because you are the high priestess and the founder, I believe, of the Reformed Satanic Church of Keene. I am. Are there other reformed satanic churches or would that not be Not to my knowledge,
3: uh, but there may be. I mean, it's not something I track closely. Mm-hmm. If anyone has any schism or disagreements with the Church of Satan, I mean, I understand why. And they may have fractured off, splittered off to do their own thing, sort of like the satanic temple also did. Mm-hmm. So the, I would suggest that the satanic temple is also a reformed satanic church, although I don't know ah, the exact history, the history. there. And mm-hmm. But the t- satanic temple at the very least, it's more in line with what the Church of Satan was supposed to be than the Church of Satan itself is. But the Church of Satan is the one with all the branding. It's the Bitcoin of Mm -hmm. the Satanism world. Well, I would say these days the
2: Satanic Temple has more sort of presence uh, as far as being in the news. In fact, I've got a news story here about their after-school Satan Club that I want to get into. But since you mentioned uh, the Church of Satan, which was the one founded by Anton LeVay, is that right? I think so. Yeah. Uh... And it's
3: so far from anything LaVey had to say.
2: So when, when you say maybe the, uh, the Satanic Temple is closer to what their intentions were, what were their intentions and how did the Church of Satan fall away from those uh, intentions?
3: Well, the initial idea behind the Church of Satan was to give people who weren't Christians, who weren't overly religious, a a set of philosophies and ideas around which they could build I don't want to say philosophies, but their lives, their outlooks, their their goals, so mm-hmm. to speak. And the satanic temple, I think, captures this the best with its uh, seven tenets of Satanism. I don't remember exactly what they call them, but its seven fundamental tenets, things like one's body is inviolable, subject to one's will alone. They're, they're very libertarian in how they approach things. Go ahead, Major, calling from Michigan.
0: Aria, right, I got a quick one just for you. I think oh, it's Nissan is making an electric car named after you. Oh? oh, your name must be mean something out in outer space. There, I don't know.
3: Nissan. I mean, I know what, what
0: my name means down through history, but
3: when you just, say it's named after me, what do you, what do you mean?
0: Aria. That's what they're calling the car.
3: Uh, aria is a common the word. The Nissan Aria.
0: Yeah, they're calling it one of their Nissan EVs, an aria. Huh.
3: I mean, aria that's that's great a, and all, but song, uh, right? Yeah, There's aria a is a type of operatic piece. Oh, it's spelled differently. Right, this one's cool.
2: spelled A-R-I-Y-A. Is that also a song, or is it I don't think else? so. R
3: A R I Y A. A R I. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it's it's not the operatic song, or type no, of song, I am, rather.
0: I was not aware of the definition of your name, and I just thought it was kind of cute. There you go. Yeah, that is anyway. cool. Thank you. Thanks for uh, the heads
3: up. Anything
2: else?
0: No, no. Hey, I'm not done.
2: Okay. You're still here.
0: Yeah, okay. Good. Yeah, Um. just gonna give you some government snake oil uh old joe biden he's uh created this green new deal right where we all gotta not drive our cars anymore and everybody needs to ride a skateboard and eat bugs and such well he is producing and it's already been passed and i think it's under construction the biggest oil exportation port in the country and there's four more of them on the book's in the cooking pot in the works. Now if he's trying to not make us burn oil and not let us drill oil, why is he gonna produce five major deportation ports for oil?
3: I don't know. I don't know. know. I, I, I I don't know. Me.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm conundrified too.
3: Probably I mean to sell it most likely would be my guess but no Americans aren't prohibited from just... using oil they they Americans use oil all the time for everything Is the
0: this Snake River runs deep and I don't know what these b-holes are up to but uh it ain't Here's good. the
3: story from
2: major here according to the Texas Tribune at texastribune.org the Biden administration quietly approves huge Texas oil export project It would be 30 miles off the Texas coast and is one of four proposed offshore terminals designed to dramatically expand the U.S. oil export capacity. The big fear about nuclear power, which is a reactor meltdown and all kinds of nuclear radiation going off and killing people and disabling people and harming babies. I mean, that's a scary thought, but I mean, it's
3: also not very likely but it has happened.
2: Yeah. And it would not happen with the newer types of the thorium reactors. There's not even a possibility. It, it cannot happen. So uh, the, like the tech
3: is there to make this stuff safe and effective. Yeah, but see, they don't want that. They no. want people to suffer. That's and ultimately what, I, as far as I can tell, that's what it comes down to. They they don't want to reduce carbon emissions or anything. So. Well, they don't <laughs> they, care about the oil companies. They, they do care. They want, care. That's, they're getting they want a to lot hurt us.
2: They're getting a lot of money from the oil companies, right? like that's well, I meant the a- average
3: leftist oh. who is all anti-nuclear energy, pro, sure. you know, we've got to control the environment, those kinds of people. They, they don't care about anything except making sure that individuals suffer. Mm.
2: Yeah, they they are willing to see individuals suffer in order to supposedly help the earth. Whatever.
3: Well, they think that the two are like proportional, like the more people suffer, the better off the earth is doing. Yeah, they because they do seem to think that. They've... They think that suffering or martyrdom is the way to solve problems. So the more people are suffering, the more problems are being solved.
2: Does uh, Satanism have a perspective on suffering and, and martyrdom?
3: Every individual has their own understanding of suffering and martyrdom, and Satanism embraces that. As far as far a codif- the individual's yeah. choice, you mean? As far as a codified idea about this aspect of reality or that aspect of reality, it doesn't really have one. Hmm. It's just... Whatever the individual believes, as long as they don't harm others, it's fine. So you were getting
2: into, uh, a little while ago, we were talking about the Satanic Temple, which is sort of a newer iteration on Satanism, and then there's the original Church of Satan. You are the founder of the Reformed Church of Satan. And so you were kind of telling us some of the founding principles of the Church of Satan, and then I don't think we got to, like... Why they didn't reach them, or why they don't stick to them?
3: Right. I mean, there's many ways in which the Church of Satan doesn't actually stand by the thing, but they're supposedly, you know, pro reason, pro pro compassion, mm-hmm. anti violence, anti oppression, anti tyranny, all of those wonderful all things. Sounds good. Right. Except at the same time, they're also anti. They're pro separation of church and state, so they argue mm-hmm. things like you know. Uh, churches shouldn't, should be, should not be tax exempt. I don't remember exactly what they argue, but I would take the opposite approach where everyone should be tax exempt. Mm. And this is one of the main diverging points between the Reformed Satanic Church and the Church of Satan is that the Church of Satan proudly pays their taxes. They fought for and won 501c3 tax exemption status. And they're like, yes, but we proudly pay our taxes. Ah. And I'm like, you're proudly paying for bombs to be dropped on poor people in the Middle East.
1: Isn't that what Satan would do? No, that's what the devil would do. Okay. Satan and the devil are not the same thing. I'm not sorry. If, no, I'm, not, you got to yeah, forgive me. That's a good me. question. That's a good yeah, question. Not
3: if you read the Bible in any realistic sense. And obviously the Bible is just a metaphor. It's just allegory, allegory and metaphor. There's no truth. or I mean, there's human truth in it, but there's no factual basis to The stories the, aren't, per say yes, factual. Thank you. Lucifer, Satan, however you wish to call him, uh, he's not the devil, according Mm to any Satanist. And almost all Satanists agree that this isn't an actual existing person. That's sort of beside the point. It's just mythology. It's a useful way for us to draw meanings from a story. Like, I know that Harry Potter isn't a real character, but that doesn't mean I can't take away lessons from the story of Harry Potter. And Mm -hmm. that's sort of what we have here with Christianity and its mythology and Satan and Lucifer and Yahweh. The story of Lucifer is almost identical to the Greek mythology, Greek myth- mythological story of Prometheus, who stole fire from the heavens and brought it to man and said, here, forge your own hmm. destiny. You don't have to be beholden to the to the rulers.
2: Did they actually steal that from Because a I, lot of the Christianity... I don't know.
3: He's called the light bringer for a reason, right? A, a
2: lot of Christianity borrowed uh, yeah. or stole, whatever you prefer to call it, ideas from other religions with the more... Uh, the previous religions that came before. These like similarities the similarities
3: between Prometheus and Lucifer are certainly a few too many to just write them off. But mm-hmm. it, it's also sort of a hero with a thousand faces kind of thing by Joseph Campbell, which is this idea that all all stories by humans, ultimately, bo- they all share they a, the a bunch of common line. elements. Yeah. So it, it, they could have stolen it from him and it could just be some aspect of human nature that humans repeatedly that leaked into our mm, stories. It could be. But, I mean, Prometheus stole fire from the heavens, and you know that made Zeus very angry, and mm-hmm. Zeus punished him for all eternity and resurrected him and killed him and over and over, oh, which yeah. is interesting because that's the fate that ultimately, according to the Bible, is reserved for Satan. Really? He's go- well, he's not going to be killed repeatedly, but he's going to be thrown into the bottomless pit, which is exclusively reserved for Lucifer, whereas everyone else gets cast into the lake of fire, which is where their souls die. It's sort of like mm-hmm. the Mount Doom where only the ring can be unmade there, okay. sort of souls can only be destroyed in the lake of fire, according to the Christianity mythos. Christians have this idea that there's, there's, this, there's layers of hell where people are going to be tortured. Who's going to be doing the torturing here? The demons? Because they're also sinners who are supposed to be being tortured, according to their own mythology. Christians have no idea what their religion actually says, but that's what hell is. There's a lake <laughs> of fire, and there's the bottomless pit. Hmm. And the bottomless pit is exclusive, exclusively reserved for Lucifer.
1: When we got raided by the FBI the first time and I looked outside, I was on LSD and MDMA. Mm-hmm. And so God was talking to me in the form of the showerhead. Mm. And I prayed. <laughs> I said, you know, I have only prayed a couple times in my life sincerely to God. Uh, but I said, uh, Father, if you are able, please let this cup runneth over from me or let please take it and let this runneth from my cup was which what Jesus prayed uh, the night before he was killed. And I said, you know, it was amazing because in that moment, all of a sudden, I had the knowledge of a thousand defense attorneys. Like, it just you remember that night that we got raided? Mm-hmm. I kept saying, your search warrant's not valid. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is a bunch of... <laughs> you <laughs> were ra- giving it to them, for sure. Oh, sure. For sure. And, um, you know, it was just amazing to be in that moment because all of a sudden I had this intense legal knowledge... Just dumped into my head through Mm -hmm. divine means. And I thought, boy, this is going to be a really hard thing to explain. That, you know, how do I know so much about the law, even though I haven't been a lawyer? I don't remember reading about the law. I don't remember how. I just, it's just one of those things I've always seemed to have known. But, Mm -hmm. um, I said uh, <laughs> that was the one time I said, oh, gosh, I need your help because the FBI is coming through and there's a lot of drugs in the room. And, and James was selling all of his guns. And I thought, oh, God, we're going to prison. We're all going to. you know, this is not good. And so I flushed all the marijuana and cocaine and MDMA down the toilet. Be sure to keep saying this on the air, more. where the it's FBI is years. absolutely listening. Oh, good God, they don't care because they even said okay. the night of the raid. They said, "Ah, oh, interesting baked goods in the fr- fridge," and we had some really dank. They did not have a warrant for treats. that, but you keep talking; they're gonna they're gonna get a warrant for something that happened seven years ago. There's something called the statute of limitations. More importantly, there's the what's the statute care. of limitations for drugs? Uh, possession, yeah. or or conspiracy to distribute i think it's 10 years Uh, okay so okay you know but yeah i assure you they did not care about the drugs one moment they
3: couldn't their warrant didn't have anything to do with that
1: right Mm -hmm. right i said our judicial systems like clue it was ian freeman with the bitcoin in Keene, new hampshire and then i have to prove or disprove the suggestion
2: so uh, let's get back. into. I'm glad you had a positive experience with uh, with the universe and or God, however you want to describe it. That knowledge came from somewhere, right? We don't right. know uh, where that came from. And to come back around to what you were saying, Arya, like Satan, God, those don't really exist per se in the satanic belief system, but it does sound like you believe
3: in good and evil. Yeah, I would say so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I believe in human beings and humans have the capacity for, well, good and evil are labels, right? Human mm-hmm. beings do stuff and some things we, we say are good and some things we say are bad. Sure. I but, mean,
2: the prosecution thinks they're doing good right? By but, coming yeah. after the crypto six, we presume.
3: And, you know, that's true in, in everyone. Everyone has the propensity to do good things and to do evil things. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that the whole of human history is sort of this battle between the darkness of humanity and the light of humanity. I tend to agree. Which, yeah. I mean, and we see this everywhere where the, the darkness in humanity manifests itself as the state and the desire to control and tyrannize right. And, right. and oppress versus the, the light of humanity, which manifests in things like liberty and love and compassion Generosity. and empathy. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I think all of human history ultimately is just that that battle, humanity fighting over its own soul. I believe the Muslims refer to
2: it as the uh, internal jihad, that when the Muslims talk about jihad, they're actually talking about the, uh, or they, they use the term greater jihad. So that describes the internal jihad, the struggle within oneself to go towards the light. Right. Uh, and that is when, when you hear Muslims talking about jihad, that is generally what they're they're talking about. The after-school Satan Club is now causing a stir at a California elementary school, according to the San Francisco Gate. Eric Ting, writing for them, uh, he says the new after-school club at Golden Hills Elementary School in Kern County's—no, Te- oh,
1: that's the most conservative county in California, oh, is it? Kern County, Bakersfield. <laughs> oh, it's
2: red, red, red. Tehachapi is the apparently the the I guess the, the town. It must be an Indian name uh called the after school satan club is drawing community outrage and that's largely the point
3: why you-, you don't have just don't go
2: <laughs> oh but it's at a government school so, so. is
3: the bible club that i right. ha- that they had at my school every Break when I was in the seventh, eighth, and ninth grades.
2: Yep, and now you have uh, successfully predicted what is going on here, right? Ah, there's a okay. <laughs> there's a Bible club at the school, and
3: so the
2: Satanic Temple wants to get involved too. So for years, the Satanic Temple, a group that the Washington Post described as, quote, a non-theistic religious organization advocating for secularism and scientific rationalism, unquote, has been launching these clubs in public schools where evangelical Christian groups, namely the Good News Club, have their own meetings. In 2001, the United States Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Good News Club, when a New York school district sought to prevent the group from holding meetings on school grounds after school hours,
3: see that's so petty. I mean, if the if there wants to be a, if there's going to be a teacher there to oversee the stupid thing, who cares? If they want to have their Christian book club, let them have their Christian book club. But by the same token, right? Let the Satanists have theirs.
2: Well, and that's the that's the legal argument here, and it's a strong one. And that is that if the government, which is not supposed to in the United States pick a side when it comes to religion. That was kind of the, one of the whole reasons why people left the UK, right? And they came to the you know, the US was because there was a state-approved religion mm-hmm. under the king, right? They didn't like yes. that.
3: Well, there so, still was when they came here. That's one of the great myths of the United true. States is that the Puritans wanted religious freedom. They didn't. They just wanted to uphold their religious beliefs and right. have a system based on theirs. That's why they underwent the Salem Witch the pure, Trials. The and,
1: Puritans and the... You know, Puritan history. But, uh, you know, it's funny because I was an atheist. Well, I was an atheist until I tried to off myself. Mm. And then I found myself in the ER, just absolutely wonderful experience being, you know, out of body and not needing to breathe, not needing. Oh, wow. To- you had an out of body experience. Oh, very much so. And it was wonderful. Mm. And, uh, you would know, you
2: say it was a near death experience? Oh, no, it was it definitely, a, well, that it was,
1: it was beyond at, a near death experience. So, because, did you have the
2: light at the end of the tunnel?
1: Like, no, I it? had a pure blackness and a mm-hmm. something like myself that was thinking at me.
3: I do know one of the weirdest things I've ever experienced was I needed to move a Mazda RX 7 that my dad had given me that was a piece mm-hmm. of crap to a mechanic to actually get fixed and worked on. And I had a reasonable idea of what I was doing, I was almost positive. I took the locking plate out of the steering wheel, which is what causes a steering wheel to lock up when Uh the key's not turned. Right. It's called a locking plate. And if you move that out, then you can continue steering a vehicle even even with no key in. Yeah. However, I apparently didn't. And we got to the, we got to the mechanics just fine. And it was, you know, three miles down the street. Everything was just fine. But as soon as we went to move it into the garage, steering wheel locked up. If that had happened at any point in that journey while we were going 40 miles per hour, we all would have died. Me especially. But it didn't. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's just some mechanism in place that I don't know about where if a. Like vehicles... the holodeck
1: safety protocols in Star Trek. If no, we get something to...
3: way simpler, which is that if the wheels are turning, don't lock the steering wheel. That's probably what mm-hmm. we were actually dealing with because, from an engineering perspective, duh. You don't want the steering wheel to lot any time mm. the wheels are moving. So there was probably some control mechanism in there for that, but I don't know. Yeah, the, uh,
2: Bonnie and I have read a couple books about near-death experiences. They're all really, really interesting, and they all have very similar circumstances. They have shared experiences. These people have these near-death experiences, and uh, some of them have them as children. And so the guy that did the wrote the book, Melvin Morse, I think was his name, uh, he did a study on the the children, right, that had these these near death experiences, and it was just absolutely fascinating stuff. It sounds like you were in the yeah, midst. Yeah, my one therapist,
1: of those. you know, she was curious. She said, "Why did you have a positive one?" Because some people have a near death experience and they have kind of a like evil, crawly things trying to grab them.
2: That was not uh, communicated in this book. So,
1: you know, some people, when they have a near-death experience, they they have like panic, like the fear of death, I think. Hmm. Uh, But for me, I don't know if it was because I struggle with depression sometimes that it's like wow you know that's just a lot. <laughs> and I was on a lot of drugs like a, mm-hmm. a sixty milligrams of alprazolam which is Xanax.
2: Well, that was one thing that they actually looked at in the study because a lot of the people in the sort of the standard medical community they don't they don't believe in this stuff, right? They say, oh well, you're on a, you're on a lot of drugs, so of course it was sure. the drugs that, yeah. that did it. Well, it was and the they, drug they controlled for that, and they found that you know these people that they they talked to uh, were not on on those drugs and of the people who were on those drugs, people that had the um, drug related experiences were not having near death experiences. So there's no, there was no way to, to draw from drug use to having a near death experience. There was no connection to that
1: at all. I guess as an atheist that said, Oh, you know, the atheist said, if you kill yourself, there's nothing ever, ever again. This is the one life you get and it's all you'll ever have. And when you die, that's it. And, it was one of these things of, oh, you know, oh, boo, who says that's it? And who says God doesn't exist and that he isn't real? <laughs> because it's just so, you know, for me, it's, not, it's not, I don't believe in God. I know he's there. I can't prove it to anybody. Let's go to uh, Chuck in Washington State.
2: Go ahead, Chuck.
4: I just want to say it's an honor to uh, be on the same line as, as the high priestess of uh, the Satan Club today, I guess. The Reformed Satanic um, Church. See,
3: that's that's what I like about the Reformed right. Satanic Church. I appreciate that, but it shouldn't be an yeah, really. honor. Um, all high priestesses, all high priests, all priests, all rulers, all leaders, all everyone, they're just flesh and blood, normal human beings.
4: Well, you know, this really does—here's why uh, why I keened up on this, because we constantly hear people that listen to the right-wing talk radio. Uh, they sit there and they say that they're— oh, they don't allow prayer in church, or, or I'm sorry, prayer in School. schools, and, and uh, you know, all of this stuff about prayer in schools and everything like that. But, you know, what really uh, kind of makes that argument just so ridiculous is the fact that there's Satan churches or yeah, that are trying to go into the schools and develop their own programs like the Good News program. I I don't know. The Good
2: News Club um, is a Christian program, just to to clarify. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, right, right. That's what I meant to say. So, you know, they do allow prayer in schools. They, do, they, uh, don't they don't allow
3: state-run, it. organized prayer schools. Yeah, and, you can still, if you are at a government
2: school, you can pray all you want to pray, right? Like, wherever you yeah, want to pray. It depends.
1: If you're an administrator, like in New York City, I wouldn't recommend it if you're a teacher praying I was talking about a student. But a student, yeah students, yeah, students have freedom to pray
4: all they want.
2: But, yeah, you cannot lead as a teacher in a, uh, some sort of a prayer thing well, during school hours.
4: I don't know if that's exactly accurate, because, I, I mean, I live in Washington State, where we just recently had... A football coach uh you know avoid legal entanglements because he decided to take a knee or something like that afterwards you know saying a word of prayer or i don't know something like that and I yeah, got they have all it, it
3: was almost certainly and not having heard the story i would speculate that it was almost certainly a moment of silence that's what they that's what Sometimes. they did
2: when i was in school are we and, talking about during a football game or are we talking about during a class either it, way you
4: know, a, during a football game but it, yeah it's it's it i mean i it, it all depends on see that that has the potential to disrupt the the taxpayer funded educational uh environment the football know, game does you, absolutely get rid of it well, yeah <laughs> it really does because you're you're uh, a, there's tons of student bodies i mean let's talk about the texas football problem real quick here <laughs> i mean that's bigger than life down there but you know, there's at least one day a week where the entire student body or 60% of them is tied up with the whole idea of stuff that happens on the, uh, you know, the, the the basketball court or the football field, mm-hmm. and now you got this guy. Uh, well, look, I wouldn't tell easy,
2: somebody that they can't play a, a sport. I mean, no, I was being sarcastic. they should be able to do it. However, I don't want to pay for it. Apparently, in 2001, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in favor of the Good News Club when, at the time, a New York school district sought to prevent them from holding meetings on school grounds after hours. Supreme Court ruled the district uh, could not discriminate against groups based on their viewpoints because comparable secular groups were allowed to operate. The Good News Club must also be accommodated. Makes sense. Yep. I'm good with it. The ruling not only opened the door for religious groups meeting in public schools, but also for the proliferation of the after-school Satan Clubs as intended counterweights. The clubs created controversy in Moline, Illinois and Lebanon, Ohio earlier this year. Where was that first one? uh, Moline, Illinois. Okay. A mother in Tikachapi and a volunteer for the after-school Satan Club said, her name is Lauren May, she says, the initial reaction is definitely that of shock and disgust. She said further in an email to SF Gate there's also a lot of confusion between the Satanic Temple and the Church of Satan which are two different things. They definitely do seem to think that we're devil worshipers which we are not. We don't believe in a supernatural Satan. And you would agree with that, right? Absolutely.
3: Right. I mean most most Satanists probably even the ones from the Church of Satan don't, don't believe in an actual existing supernatural or natural Satan. But A lot of these people who are
2: getting mad about the after-school Satan Club, which, again, is completely legal under this structure where the school can't endorse one religion over another, so it has to allow—if it's going to allow one, it has to allow all of them to have a club on the campus. So they're completely within their legal rights, but the the people who are getting mad about it, all they see is the word Satan— and they just start getting angry. They don't right. ever bother to to have a simple conversation with one of these satanists.
3: Well, this was inevitable, <laughs> and this is why satanists, you know, may not have been the smartest when they they chose their terminology. Uh, obviously, when you choose for the patron of your religion, the bad guy in another person's religion in the dominant mm. religion of the nation, Well, when you deal with people who from or hell from that religion, they're going to assume that you are worshiping the bad guy in their religion. That's true; they are. And but that's not what Satanism is. It's not devil worship. That's that's what that would be if people were worshiping Mm -hmm. the devil of Christianity. That would just be devil worship. But that's why I said earlier that there's no no black
2: masses with sacrifices sacrifices of young children's blood and yeah, all not that goats or goats or blood and I mean
3: there's certainly different rituals of various types that Satanists take part in mm-hmm. uh, Anton LaVey and Alester Crowley were both really big You didn't really deny big. it
2: though. You didn't deny. Did you did you want to answer the question are there black masses with uh s- no. sacrifices? No. Not you're with sacrifices. Okay. Okay. But they have black masses.
3: Yeah, it's a sexual thing though. <laughs> I mean it is. <laughs> There's no sacrifices of children. What you're referring to there is like the satanic panic of the 90s. Yeah, and it well, that's carried what people on. Believe, yeah, and the, you, know, the, you had all of these reports being sent to the FBI of people sacrificing children, killing one another, raping babies, and all these other horrific things. That and not, sounds like what goes on in government. It does. And not a single instance of any of these reports to the FBI ever yielded a shred of evidence so that like any of this stuff was happening.
1: So it's like the razor blades in the apple Halloween tale. Yeah, it was just total like that. Bunk. But, yeah. Total bunk.
3: Total And because of that, there's three people who are still in prison. I think to this day, they were called the really? West Memphis, Memphis Three. Mm-hmm. And some some kid was killed. And you know they were Satanists. They wore the black clothing. Mm-hmm. So the cops completely botched the investigation. They wow. found these three kids that you know they wore Marilyn Manson T-shirts and they threw them we in one of them confessed because it's a little simple in the head. You know how cops Mm -hmm. are. They manipulate people. Confess to this, and we'll make sure you don't get sentenced to the death penalty. Take the plea deal, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of, especially among rock musicians, there's a lot of activism towards setting free Mm. the West Memphis Three. Because by all accounts, they seem to be completely innocent. They may be free now. I think one of them at least may have been released at this point. But they they were just kids who were in the wrong place at the wrong time, and they were Satanists.
2: The Satanic Temple, according to the group's website, which is... TheSatanicTemple.com, does not advocate for religion in schools. However, once religion invades schools, as the good news clubs have, the Satanic Temple will fight to ensure that plurality and true religious liberty are respected. Unquote. The group says that in club meetings it is not interested in converting children to Satanism and that sessions will focus on free inquiry and rationalism, the scientific basis for which we know what we know about the world around us.
3: That's one point where I would uh, disagree with the satanic temple. They say that, you know, religion doesn't belong in school or however it is they phrase it. I would, I would suggest that you can't separate religion from public schools. Well,
2: ultimately, a government school is a religious institution right. because the religion they're teaching is the worship of the state. Right. So I don't no think the two
3: can be separated.
2: Uh, it's just an illusion otherwise. Right. Right. Uh, During a TV segment on Bakersfield CBS affiliate KBAC, parents at Golden Hills Elementary expressed strong displeasure with the fact that the after-school Satan Club exists. One parent told the TV station, I think it's disgusting. Another said, I think it's wrong, and it shouldn't be in the school. Well, here's your solution. Shut the effing
1: schools down. (laughs) Close
2: down the system. Amen to that, brother. And I'm saying that with absolutes. I'm serious, right? I'm with you, yeah. That is 100%. That's how you
1: identify the libertarians is that we don't believe. Because honestly, there's this myth out there that if we don't have public schools, kids are not going to learn to read. And I'm like, they already can't read back in the 90s it was a big deal like a gay club on campus or whatever was it just a huge like you couldn't have like all the parents would throw a a huge fit saying we were indoctrinating the children and trying to make them right and it's like well no it would just be nice to know that there are non non non-heterosexual people here that are like me you know i but uh
2: Did, did you actually encounter that in the 90s or was that just something you were aware
1: of you know I grew up in a time and place where you just did not come out as gay. you mm-hmm. was You're in Missouri, right? Missouri, yeah, rural mm-hmm. Missouri. And so, you know, Matthew Shepard got strung up and beat. Is that the Bible killed. Belt? Uh, Missouri? Missouri? I would say Missouri is fairly conservative. Not like Oklahoma or Kansas mm-hmm. conservative. Because you were the Bible Belt for sure, right? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know that I yeah. would, would there call Missouri po- the Bible, I mean, Bible there's Saint Belt. there's St. Louis but, okay. and Kansas City and uh, Columbia, Missouri. Okay. But the rest of the state's pretty red. And so I grew up in the red part of the state. And... Um, you know, it it um it was something you just didn't do. Mm-hmm. And even my and mom was terrified. My mom was more. Did she ter- know you were gay? Yeah, and she said, okay. son, "Son, please don't." Because Matthew Shepard got killed in Wyoming mm. back in the ninety nine in my senior year of high school, and there I was. And so I said, "Yeah, that's not something. If I, if you want to keep on living, you just best keep your mouth shut." Is. Kind of the thing. And I lived in fear for a long time until I turned 21 and learned how to shoot a gun. And then I said, nobody ever called me the F-A-G word again. (laughs) A San Francisco or former,
2: sorry, we were just talking about San Francisco, San Antonio, in this case in Texas, police officer has been indicted, which those words are almost never put in the same sentence together because normally when a cop shoots at somebody, they're found to be completely justified. They have no penalty whatsoever. The worst thing that happens to them is they get a suspended time off where they get paid. Or they get fired.
1: Yeah. That's you know, the worst case is they usually get fired. That's very... like if it's really bad. Right? I
3: honestly think the uh, George Floyd, Derek Chauvin in- incident may have been the turning point with some of the police brutality in the United States. May- hmm. Obviously, we're not going to immediately see every cop who does something evil being prosecuted, but that, to me, that, that was the pivoting point where police began being held accountable for their horrific crimes against humanity. I hope
2: you're right about that, Arya. I, I really do. I um, do, too.
3: I don't I don't know if I'm right or not, but I, I hope that that's you know, the turning point. I still point. think we're barely
2: ever going to see I, stories I mean, like this. It's
1: very rare because, of course, you know, you saw how the FBI treated you when they raided the house back here, mm-hmm. and they smashed cameras, did the win. It's like, you guys couldn't have just knocked and rang the doorbell. Yeah, These they are nonviolent, peaceful people, nonviolent They held her crimes. at gunpoint. Yeah. raided her house. But you know, it's like it goes to show you what a bunch of thugs these FBI and and DEA and ATF people are and yeah, they collect and they, a, they really well, I wouldn't care if I got paid a paycheck to do that either and I had qualified immunity if I was a sadist and loved inflicting pain on people. And Just
3: become a dominatrix, or whatever the male <laughs> yeah, version of that well, is. Yeah, well, that's what I
1: said with Scott. I said, Scott, I've been a naughty boy. He was the FBI agent who raided us, Scott Bailey, the first time. And I said, Scott, I've been a naughty boy. I want to be handcuffed and spanked. Yeah, but a
2: dominatrix does things by consent, ultimately, right? Like, she's been hired, or right. he's been hired to do that
3: But that's, what, that that's the part that makes it okay as an outlet for yeah, sadism. right,
2: right. Well, but that's the difference is people like this... They get off on the fact there is no consent. So right? do rapists. That's exactly yeah. right. And Th- that's there's not nothing okay. You can do. No, it's not.
1: There's nothing you can do. Like, what are you going to do? Call Special Agent Bonavillante, uh, Joseph Bonavillante and say, your guy's treated me really awfully and I want to file He's a complaint. laugh
3: at you and hang up the phone. And yeah. that's the argument statists always use. Oh, you want this libertarian society? Well, who are you going to call when I'm oppressive to you? It's like mm-hmm. the same people I call when the police are oppressive to me now. No one. I deal with the problem in the best way that I can because there is no mechanism in place for me to say hey look the fbi was a bit aggressive when they threatened to shoot me as i stood there naked in my stairway at six oh, o'clock in the morning too? i was almost completely naked i was, I wearing was a pair totally of underwear. naked the first raid but well, you I'm were taking poor. a shower i was sleeping
1: in
2: san antonio teenager was just eating his sandwich in the car that he'd just ordered from McDonald's.
3: That is the saddest. And... That, that That is so sad for so many reasons. Like, he could have gone inside, first of all. It, it's sad, the mental image of some teenager sitting on his car just chowing down on a quarter pounder. That's kind of sad in and of itself. But while he's doing this, he gets shot by a cop. It could be that the inside wasn't open. You know, a lot of, oh, these, that's true. A lot of these fast food places
2: after COVID, they've just said... Yeah, we'll just go drive through only, and then they sure. don't have to clean up the drive or the you know the dining room. They don't. And have they to can have blame it staff. on the health
1: inspectors because the health they say, oh, if you have a dining, everyone has to wear a mask. So it's a lot of restaurants they've deliberately. But even when to, the masks have gone away, they're still some of them are still keeping their dining rooms closed because it's
2: just saves a cost, cost savings, right? And, and they say, can't. Oh, find we can't people. Yeah, they, they can't say, find mm-hmm. workers. Yep. So uh, anyway, what happened in this video, and I don't know uh, if you guys have seen this. I have not seen it it's pretty awful i can imagine uh, but basically what happens is and i don't know if they uh if they have the actual link on this page no they don't uh but this kid's just eating a sandwich in a car cop notices his car and this is one of the circumstances where the police having body cams is definitely working in the favor of the victim right because there's body cam footage of this and if there wasn't then it would be the cop's word against this kid, and the kid would probably be under arrest for threatening the cop because the cop would say that he felt like his life was in danger. And oh, all the kid pointed something at me, and well, the kid you know. was wielding a chicken sandwich,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is deadly. Let me see your arteries.
2: And uh, but no, what happened was Brennan, the officer, said uh, he verbally says, "Hey, I see." I mean, I'm paraphrasing, right? Uh, I see this uh, car. It's the same one that ran from me the other day. And wow. So he How big is this
3: town that there's only 4 different cars in it?
2: Yeah, he he walks up to this guy's car and just starts shouting at this kid who's scared to death about this psychopath that's just yelling at him like a lunatic. Uh and I, I you know I'll see I'll see if I can review the footage somehow to see exactly what it was that he said. He's like, "Get your hands up. Get out of the car right now." And just starts firing. Oh my god. And this kid like close he's closing the door and he he puts the car in reverse and like peels out of the parking I don't lot. I, can,
3: I can't say that I blame him. Luckily he survived
2: this onslaught of shots from this cop. He was uh, 17 years old, he's still alive apparently. Eric Kantu was taken to a hospital in critical but stable condition. His family announced he was released from the hospital last week. So again this happened in October. Uh so he you know, I don't know how many holes he had in him, but it was probably more than one. Uh, but he managed to get out of the, the parking lot alive. Thank thank goodness. What um, happened
3: next, man? Because it's not like he could call the police. We're like, Hey, someone just shot me. Well, the cop
2: had radioed in, right? So the police did know that there was something going down on that location. So certainly okay. someone else was dispatched to that scene. But this kid was in the hospital for more than a month. Even if he was the guy that ran from the cop. Oh, he's got a fat lawsuit against the city. Now. I hope he I mean, does. But even if he did run from this cop. That still is not
3: justification for shooting at him. No, that's not. You don't give people the death penalty for running from a cop. Even if, as you said, even if we're assuming that this is the same vehicle and the same kid, that doesn't warrant the death
2: penalty. Uh, The video of the shooting has been seen around the country. Brennan's attorney says his cop uh, client wants his side of the story to be known. Well, okay, I guess that'll that'll happen in court. Uh, he, he didn't say anything about it. The attorney, Nicholas LaHood, said, quote, we anticipate more information will be revealed that will further shed light on this incident.
3: I if mean, con- I'll hear him out, right? But sure. I, I, it's going to be really hard to justify what I've heard. The video speaks for itself.
2: If convicted, Brennan could face up to 20 years for the attempted murder charge. Each aggravated assault charge carries a maximum potential Oh, he's penalty. got multiple
3: charges? Apparently. Good. See, that th- you, you're right. The, he's going to plead down to make some of the other charges go away. Uh, Each
2: of the aggravated assault charges carries a maximum penalty of 99 years. On the night of October 2nd, while Brennan investigated a report of an unrelated disturbance at the McDonald's, the officer who was fired less than a week after the shooting saw a car that he said had fled from him the night before. He called for backup because he suspected the car was stolen, he said. Why? Just because he
3: ran, I guess, or whatever? (laughs) I don't know, man. There's so many weird logical steps to take here i mean they're not logical steps obviously but there's so many weird assumptions to make first i assume that's the same car i saw last night second i assume it's the same driver and third the best way to deal with this is not to run the plate or to get out and calmly question the guy is to whip out a gun and start shooting him yeah i mean the the way
2: this is described in the news media it makes it sound like the Okay, so the kid does back away before the cop draws the gun and starts shooting. Well, you can, tell. True.
3: you can tell by someone's body language that they intend to mean you harm. If the, yeah, this if kid the, was scared. And if the cop went from approaching to pulling out a gun in just a few seconds, then I... My experience with human beings tells me that the cop was approaching in a way that said, "I'm going to do you harm," and yeah, I don't definitely. blame the kid for backing away.
2: I don't either. Uh, it was it probably saved his life because yeah. he backed away from this lunatic.
3: And thank God he got back into the car where he could drive away. Well, he was in the car the whole time.
2: He was. Then sitting how was in he, he backing away? He was sitting in the car in the driver's seat. The cop pops the door open and just starts yelling like a psychopath. When you say at him. back
3: away, you mean he was the car was he puts in, reverse. The car in reverse. Okay, and okay. gets out. I realize most police departments skimp on firearm training, but like this cop was as close to point blank range as he could possibly have gotten to this kid, and he shot ten times and didn't manage to kill him. (laughs) I'm glad for that, but like this is within fifteen feet that we're talking about. If if you can't hit a target at fifteen feet,
1: what adrenaline do to you?
3: You shouldn't. What they should they should have that trained out of them. Right, they shouldn't be trained. I mean, they should be trained sufficiently that they're not relying on adrenaline.
2: Cantu, the young man, seventeen years old, uh, was hit multiple times, according to the police. San Antonio Police Chief William McManus charged the shooting as unjustified, which is amazing because normally the police will completely circle the wagons around their guy. They got the thin blue line, and they come out and they protect their own. But in this case, the video footage is just so obvious that this was. Yeah, it is intense. Uh, At least two other, by the way, San Antonio officers have been indicted this year alone because of alleged use of uh, excessive force. In February, a grand jury indicted former Oscar officer Oscar Cruz Jr. for firing two shots at teenagers running away from him as he responded to two calls about teens pulling car door handles, which is what this cop just did. Uh, he was charged with deadly conduct. Michael Brewer, another former officer, was indicted after placing his knee on a handcuffed man's head and neck. He was charged with— Oh, you with...
3: definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Char-
2: charged with unlawful restraint. In that case, both of those incidents were also recorded by officers' body cameras. You know, there was a big debate when the body cameras came out, came around within even the libertarian community because some people said— yeah, okay, this is going to help in certain circumstances where the police do bad things and it gets captured, but in some cases it can be used against sus- uh, suspects or whatever to convict them of things that otherwise they wouldn't be convicted of um, some people believe that they could be tied into a centralized database with like face scanning and try to identify people just by maybe one cops day but walking around. We're,
3: we're not China we we don't have the we're not investing in the AI to make those sorts of things possible that we this know point.
1: Of that yeah I mean <laughs> we're becoming yeah, more could, like though, though. it's they in the could. hands
3: of like Facebook and Twitter and other companies that I mean they're it's not quite as bad as it is in China. In China, I would absolutely agree. I don't want my cops to have body cameras because I know that's it's all networked together and they've got AI analyzing it yeah. and doing facial recognition but in the United States. I know when I go to Walmart that there's a facial recognition system and they're going to identify me, but they're not going to turn that information over to Keen PD. Let's go to the phones, though, first and uh, talk to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Sarah.
0: Oh, yes. Yeah, I just want to say, I am a... Uh... I got a co-op membership, and the the what it was only like ten
4: dollars per year. But I I'm just trying to think like, why is that such like a big deal to the store? Why why do they want you to be like a member?
3: Is this what you called in about? Yes, Sarah? that's what she called in about. What so, the hell is wrong with you? So you don't know what a co-op
2: is, right?
0: Well, I uh, what is it like a. I just think it's an organic health food store. That's all Sure, that
2: that's have. what it that's what it is, right? That's that's what it obviously is, but a co-op specifically because anyone can open an organic health food co-op store. Co-op means
3: like cooperated, right? Correct.
2: Cooperative, uh it is owned by the members in in theory, right? right? That's the idea is that the members actually co- collectively own this business and they have the ability to do things like attend board meetings and vote on board members and and things like that uh so that's that's what it is in the same way there's also credit unions credit unions are run in a similar fashion where each member of the credit union is a supposed co-owner of the uh, the credit union the same thing is true with a co-op grocery store so congratulations sarah you are an owner in something now you
3: capitalist pig.
4: <laughs> yeah, but the $10, what is that going to really—$10 uh, is a membership. What is that going to do? I'm just scratching my head. Like, how okay. is that supposed to— Let, let me be see if I can make this clear. Places.
2: You don't get to be a member because you walk in and buy something. You have to explicitly choose to be a member of the store. Most of these cooperative stores will allow anyone from the public to walk in and buy something off the shelf— they will only allow certain benefits to their membership, which may include Buyers Club or whatever. I'm not a member of one of these things, so I don't know what all the benefits are. Maybe I can't imagine discount.
3: anything worse than joining a co-op.
2: Yeah, I have no interest in running a grocery store personally, but huh?
4: It was ten dollars, ten whole dollars. Ten dollars is like worth five dollars from the inflation that was
3: last year. Sir, I understand that you say this is ten whole dollars, right? Like it's a big amount. But she's saying it's a
2: small amount. She's saying it's worth what five dollars was two years ago, and
3: she's right. Right. Uh, but so, I thought she was saying both. We're like, on the one hand, you know, this is a lot of money. And on the other hand, you know, what, what is know, $10 as
1: opposed to 5 or 25 what's the $10? And I think it could be under state law, you're required to have a contract. And one party and two, two parties, you can't have what's a called a blank contract. Where, like I say, Ian, I'm going to give you $5,000. Mm-hmm. It has to be, Ian, I'm going to give you $5,000 in, in for, in for return, yeah. quid pro quo. Consideration. Consideration. And you just can't gift something away. So it might be that their membership rules require them to charge a $10 fee they to have enter to, a contract.
2: They have to charge something for the membership. I mean, it could have been $1. It could have been $100. But well, that's how you sa- keep the
3: riffraff like Sarah out. Oh.
2: <laughs> you just listened to the new extended Free Talk Live Daily Digest. We felt this format was more appropriate for our podcast audience and decided to make it our official podcast. If you subscribe to the Daily Digest or full episode RSS feeds, please resubscribe to the main FTL podcast feed, which you can find at feeds.freetalklive.com. The other feeds rely on a third-party service, and though they'll have the same content, we can't be sure how long they'll stay online. If you still want the entire radio show, you can listen live every night from 7 to 10 Eastern at freetalklive.com. Full video archives are at video.freetalklive.com, or tune in to our 24-7 stream for the latest show at listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live's Amps will continue to receive the full two-hour radio show with no recorded commercials via podcast through Patreon, so please join amps.freetalklive.com for just $5 a month. Thank you for listening to and sharing Free Talk Live.